Well, next week we're starting a new series in August. It's going to be a great series to invite friends to, and it is called Asking for a Friend. And so we want to uh, just make and declare next Sunday, August 5th, that is our Friends Sunday. I don't know if we've ever hosted a Friends Sunday, but we want to host a Friends Sunday next week. And so what does that look like? That looks like y'all inviting a friend, at least one friend to come with you, all right? And so that's next week, Asking for a friend, and the whole month is going to be different questions, obviously not silly questions like those, but those were pretty fun, but we're going to get into some neat things, all right, and so, um, and then, and then it was fun to say today, just watching Pastor Marvin be all turned up, I don't know what happened, that was, I'm going to tease him for weeks about this, this is awesome, so no, but um, <laughs> well, here's the thing, last Sunday I preached, and if you remember right, I preached long, didn't I, hush, I hadn't preached in like three Sundays, and so I guess I thought, you know, I just really deliver. And so this week, what's happened, my, my tech team, they're like, you know what, Pastor, we're going to help you. And this week, we're going to put a timer on the board. So watch this, 30-minute timer. You can even hold me accountable. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So last week, I began to preach, and, and, and I was talking about the idea of two chairs, and I was saying about Jesus, how when Jesus, he went and fed the people on the hillside, the 5,000 on the hillside, how he had them seated, and so there was people that were seated, and there were people that were, you remember the word I used? Serving. All right, there was people that were seated, and there were people that were serving. And so as we looked at that, I was saying, that's how it ought to be at church. There's two chairs, not 250 chairs. There's two chairs in a church. There's those who are receiving, those who have a need, and then there are those who, who are pouring into that person with the need. And I talked last week about the power of sharing and how little became much in the hands of God. That little boy, he shared his stuff. And as he shared his stuff, little started to become much in the hands of God, right? And, um, and so with that in mind, you know, basically, I'm going to do this a little today, too. I want to I take some of these potatoes. <clears throat> and so little becoming much. So there's two types of people um, in ministry. There are two types of people in the church, those who are receiving and those who are serving. And how many thank God you could be on the end of receiving sometimes? Amen. How many here with a big shout, Jesus did something in your life at church one time? Or, or, or Jesus did something in your life through a person that is connected to the things of God one time. Yeah, 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 that happens, that happens. And so, um, um, yeah, so when it comes down to, here's what I want to do over the next, you know, few minutes. I'm going to preach to you, and I'm going to get all these potatoes. I'm going to get them peeled. Isn't that awesome? And so, so basically, when it comes down to it, let me, let me throw this out to you real quick. The lost, there's people that are lost that will come in here. And the other chair is those who want to do something about the loss. There are, there are someone who comes in here with the need, and there's someone who has an ability to meet that need. There's, there's kids that come here that are looking for people just to sow into them. And then there are people that come in here that have the ability and the heart to go help those kids know the things of God, you know. Um, teenagers. Nobody wants to be with teenagers. No, there's teenagers that come in here. Guys, you know what? When it comes to our teens, that's that last chance that we have in their lives. It really is. It's the last opportunity for us to sow. I've got some that are leaving the house. I've got some that are just getting at that age. Grant will be a junior this year. And I feel the time. I feel, I feel the crunch of the time. I really do. Because, 
man, I've got work to do in Grant's life. And, you know, I can't do that by myself. I know when it comes to Grant, I know what's neat about Grant is I've got Pastor Corey and I've got Tyler and, and I've got others in that ministry that are sowing into him. And, and it's not all about what I have to get done in the next two years. I've got a team. I've got people that are helping with my kids, you know. And in other words, there's, there's ones that, that come into this place that are in the family, and there's ones that are kind of new, and they're maybe not feeling like they're in the family just yet, you know, but just everybody shout two chairs. There's two chairs, and I want you to open your Bibles and stand to your feet. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, and um, we're going to read this here. You know, I think I'll let you guys read it together. Everybody ready? Read. But when the fullness of time had come... Amen. Can some sons and daughters make some noise in the house today? Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whew. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. I'm gonna, I want to talk about this a little bit. Let's go ahead and have our seat, if you will. Watch this. It says here that we're sons and daughters, and we cry out, Abba, Father, to God. Why? Because he's daddy. He's daddy God. And that with it, we're no longer a slave, but now we're a son. And if we're a son, shout heir. We're an heir of God. We're so grafted into the family that we get God's stuff. We're so grafted into the family that, that he sees us as one that he will share with us all that he has, you know. An heir is one who shares in the inheritance of all that the father has. And we are heirs of salvation. And I've taught you many times, salvation is not just getting out of hell card. Salvation can mean healing. And salvation can mean strength. And salvation can mean deliverance. Everything that God has for us is wrapped up in that salvation. And so we are those who are heirs to God. So everything that God owns belongs to us because we belong to him can i say it one more time everything god owns belongs to us because we belong to him you know and and and, and so all i've heard it said one time that he's the god of the hills and the taters in them hills i'm just i'm just saying i mean that's apropos i think you know i i think that's apropos right and so when it comes down to it, um, um, I'm, 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 when it comes down to it, everything that he has is ours. So that's the benefit. We not only share in the blessing of being a part of the family, we also share in the responsibility of being in the family. You know, we share in that responsibility. I mean, I mean, how many of you had a, a mama that puts you to work on Thanksgiving morning, peeling potatoes? What are you doing? Are you going to help me? Come on, girl. Peel some potatoes with me. She's going to help me. Everybody give it up for Alice Sepulveda. Yeah. So Thanksgiving morning comes, right? And, um, and I don't know if your mama's like my mama. She's like, hey, we got stuff to do. Here, son, and do these. And she hands me potatoes, maybe sweet potatoes. Now, on New Year's Day, we made latkes, and that's awesome. But still, on Thanksgiving Day, it's usually sweet potatoes, but it doesn't matter. So we're cutting up our potatoes. And, um, and you know, it's one of those things to where every single person in that family just jumps into the mix and you got somebody pressing out dough and you got somebody sticking stuff in a turkey you know you don't want me doing that i have no clue you know you got a guy that's going to cut the turkey that's my father-in-law i'm not going to know what to do you know hopefully a long time from now when he goes to see jesus i'll be like going dad help i don't know i mangle birds 
But everybody in a family just kind of has a job to do. They all have stuff that they're working on, and they're getting it, and getting it done, you know. And um, Scott, what are you doing? Are you going to help? Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Give it up for these guys. That's so good. I appreciate that. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we're all just finding things to do with our hands. And, and what's crazy about it, I don't know about you, I don't remember my mama ever thanking me for it. I'm not saying we shouldn't be polite. I mean, we should be polite. But it was just kind of an expectation that that's family. That's what family does. And, and when you're in the house, everybody takes care of taking care of stuff. You know what I love about it? This morning, I was downstairs, and as I went into our pre-service meeting, I saw a pile of keys sitting on a table, and they looked like my daughter Auburn's keys, and they were. And they're just sitting on a table. And I, I said to her, I said, Avi, I go, what are you doing putting your keys there? I mean, I've never seen somebody in a public place walk in and just go, keys, and I'm going to walk over here. You don't go to Starbucks, keys, and just walk over here. Macy's, keys, and walk over here. You know, you just don't do that, you know. And she, 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 I said this to her, and I couldn't believe it. I said, I'm going to use that in the sermon. She goes, I said, it's not like it's your house or something. She goes, Dad, it is my house. Hello. Come on. Come on. And if we had more 19-year-olds saying this is their house, it would make a difference in some 19-year-old lives. Amen? So thank you for that illustration, and yes, I'll give you a dollar. So. Some of you know when I talk about my children, I have to pay them. So, yeah, yeah. I'm thank God they haven't um, tried to up that. But <laughs> so it's just that idea. This is the house of God. That's what this is. We're a family. We're sons and daughters. We've been adopted in. We're, we're grafted into this family. And so since we're family, we ought to act like family. Amen? This is a family. This isn't just a business. This isn't just an organization. Yeah, yeah, I know a church is a 501c3 Nonprofit organization. I get that. But can I just tell you right now, we're not an IHOP, okay? We're, we're, not, we're not an IHOP. What, what do you mean by that, Ross? Uh, when you go to IHOP, there's people called hostesses that are there. And the hostesses, they are just, come on. Well, thank you very much. The hostesses are there. And the hostesses are going to, welcome to IHOP, right this way, you know. You guys realize we have people at the doors here that greet people, but they're not there because they're hostesses. They're there because they're family, right? We're family watching out for each other, taking care of each other. And that's the, that's the gist. That's the thing I want us to hold on to. We should not celebrate that a church has good customer service because a church doesn't have customer service a church has two chairs they have the one that is part of the family and they have the one that's trying to reach the other one that's not yet part of they're just that's all there is it's not a customer we don't have customers we have family and we have potential family amen i'm sorry i'm a little bit amped about i love this thought you know and, and that's what it comes down to is man you guys are killing it thank you so much this is awesome and so, <laughs> so if God meant it to be run like an IHOP, then the expectation would be on the priests, pastors, and staff to get the work done while everyone else visits the establishment or enjoys the products of the establishment. Thank you for my pancakes very much. You know? There'd be an expectation, right? They're doing this. They're doing the work. They're supposed to get me my stuff and get it on time and make it good, etc. Okay? But, but, but it's not a business. Remember last week I said, let's be the church that we want the church to be when we need the church. 
that, that's, let's be the family that we want people to have when they need family. Or we can be a business. We can be a 501c3 charitable organization and be really satisfied. Yep, yep, we have this many greeters and we have this many this and all our little things are... Yeah, I get it. I taught my leaders. We had 35 on a last weekend of the summer. I couldn't believe it. 35 of our leaders here yesterday. I was so proud of them at the Leadership Summit. You guys killed it. But I said there are things that we need to do that are organic and there's things that we need to do that are organized, you know? And you know what, this is a perfect picture of this because I had three people I actually asked to do this. I asked Alice, I asked Alan, and I asked Oscar. Scott just interrupted. <laughs> I organized, okay, but Scott was just like, that fat preacher ain't going to get all those taters, you know, by, uh, it's not going to happen, you know. And he's like, I don't want him to preach longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> Serve Jesus nothing. I just want to go home. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're not, no, we're not getting all geeked out about running a good business. There's some organization that we have to do, yes. But every one of us in this house, there's only two chairs. There's a chair for somebody coming in that needs to be poured into, and there's a chair that we occupy that needs to be doing some pouring, you know? Isn't that good? Watch this, what it says in Ephesians. Like I said, it's not for the, the wait staff. It's not for the manager. It's not for the host. It's not, watch what it says. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I want you to watch this. This is really cool. I never really saw how familial this scripture was until I started reading it in the light of the preparation for this talk, all right? It says, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. That's what I'm trying to do in Grant's life, right? Because I'm his daddy. He's part of my family. It's my job in the family to bring him up into mature manhood. Isn't that the responsibility of all of us family members? You know, basically, mainly so they don't live in our house till they're 30, but still, you know, it's important, you know, to bring them up. And watch, it goes on. To the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. You see that? There's a responsibility to bring maturity. Did everybody say discipleship? Yeah, there's a responsibility for us all to be disciples, moving people forward into maturity, helping people grow. And, and you may feel like, I don't have, I don't have that. Yeah, you do. Because God poured something in you this morning you can pour into somebody else. You don't have to be responsible completely what's all in the cup, because my cup, most of the time, is about half empty. I just want to be responsible enough to pour what's in there. And you know what's crazy? When I do, he fills it. And I pour some more, and he fills it. And we all have that responsibility to carrying the family's needs. It says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to, every shout, grow up. <clears throat> How many times have you told your kids that? Grow up already. You know you've said it before. You know, I look at Mac, I'm like, you're seven. Grow up. Dad, I'm seven. I don't care. No. <laughs> Come over the lawn. No, not yet, not yet, but soon, soon. And so that idea, we all say that. Why? That's a familial thing. 
that we're telling them to grow up. It's very familial. And every way into who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined together, held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is properly working or working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's a family. It's not a business. Can you shout that? Say, it's a family. It's not a business. Let's act like it's a family. Amen? Amen. That's all, I, that's all I have a heart for is just to see us. And you've heard me say before, I want to be a micro church with macro impact. That's it. That's it. Us just being a family, watching out for each other, taking care of each other's needs, you know, doing what we got to do. You're pretty. Did you guys finish him? Come on. 14 minutes to spare. Pastor Brantley, bring those other bags. No, I'm kidding. Every family has one. <laughs> Love you, John. <laughs> Man, thank you guys so much, you know. You know what's really neat? Watch how they clean it all up and everything, too. It's going to be so cool. It's just so neat. I think there's some black garbage bags. and The potatoes, we're not going to throw away. We're going to put in a good black garbage bag because we're going to eat those. <laughs> Amen. Man, I'm serious. Give one more applause. Ah, that scripture that I just read, though, it sounds a whole lot like family. And, and I just want to say, I am proud of my son, Grant. It's been so neat watching him, just really in the last three or four months, start to own this familial responsibility around the house. You know, it's blowing my mind. I don't have to tell him to mow the lawn, you know. I don't have to tell him to take out the trash. And listen, listen, this is going to help you parents know something. And I don't have to give him an allowance. All right? The air he breathes in my house. That's your allowance, boy. But, <laughs> that's funny. But it's been neat watching him just mature this summer. I've just seen it so much where he just gets at it. He just sees a need, and he just feels the need. One day, he's trimming the bushes. I'm like, who has replaced my son with this amazing, this is awesome, you know? And it's probably just because he's turning 16, he's maturing, you know? And, um, and then, then there's times where he'll be like, hey, I'm going to run up to Target. Okay. And he brings back ice cream. He's not like, hey, Dad, I want you to go buy me some ice cream. He's like, yeah, it's family. I got some money, you know. I'm going to go get some ice cream, you know. And now for his sisters to try to eat it, he will, no, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. But, um, but all I'm saying is I'm so proud of him because he's becoming purposeful in the family. He's becoming mindful. He's, it's not my house. It's his house. He's looking around. What can I do next? What can I do? And, and, um, and a few weeks ago, we were building the deck. And now that you're standing on the deck, you can see into the gutter kind of. And it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of stuff. Hey, Dad, can I clean the gutters? Yes. Can you pay me? Yes. Because you're endangering your life. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, actually, it's a liability thing. It takes liability off me if I'm paying him. And so he had to get his own workers' comp, and he had to... No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, that's funny, but that's a good idea. And so one of the biggest things I've tried to teach my kids through the years is just being mindful, you know. And, and they've heard me ask, say this so many times. Don't ask me a question with your mouth that your eyes already have an answer for. 
I mean, that's just something I it poured out of me one day. I, we were working, doing something, and, Dad, what do I do next? And there's stuff everywhere. It's like, what do you do next? Don't ask me a question with your mouth that your eyes already got an answer for. And so that's one of those things that we just kind of brought the kids up, you know, being mindful of. Look, look with your eyes. What, what's to do next, you know? And, and I would say things to them like, any putts can push a broom. All right? What's that mean? That means that you want to make yourself valuable, right? Any putts can push a broom. So, so when you're in a situation and there's a, something to sweep, you know the lazy folk always grab the broom, right? So if there's something to schlep that's heavy over here, you carry that, prove yourself, right? But if there's no putts to push the broom, get the broom. You know what I'm saying? Don't be above anything. You grab that broom, work. Do, but if there's another job that's harder, let somebody else do the you know, Does that make sense? Okay, I'm sorry. That's just... That's just something my dad taught me when I was a kid. You know, it's, all, it's kind of worked, you know. So serve, but look for that task that's like, gosh, what can I do that's going to make a difference, the most impact? What can I put my hands to? What can I be purposeful with? What can I be mindful with as a family member, you know? And so in Psalms 90, verse 12, let me see the time. Oh, I'm doing so good. We should do this every week. In Psalms 90, verse 12, it says this. In regards to being purposeful, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we can get a heart of wisdom. And, um, and I looked up the word number there. Because I knew it just didn't mean <clears throat> number in a sense, just count your days, you know. Because uh, counting my days, I mean, how's that going to lead to me moving with a heart of wisdom? And so what does that mean? And the Hebrew word is manah, manah, M-A-N-A-H. And it means this, to be purposeful, or to prepare, or to appoint your day. I'm going to manah my day. My day's not just going to come and go. I'm going to be purposeful. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to appoint my day. This is actually a word that was used in the book of Jonah when God was trying to get Jonah on track to go and preach repentance to Nineveh. And God, you know, Jonah didn't want any part of that service. He didn't want any part of that. He was upset with the Ninevites. He, he, he would have been happy if they would have went to the grave and burned forever. You know, that was just Jonah. And so the Bible talks about how God purposed or how God manad a large fish. And he manad a large fish. He, he manad a plant to grow and to bring some covering and some comfort for a second. And then he manad a warm to eat that plant up, thank God, and then there's no shade, and then he manad a hot wind. He manad a hot wind to come and blow upon him and to make Jonah miserable, and finally Jonah's like, okay, I'll preach, you know. But it was one of those things where he purposed. God numbered those moments in Jonah's life. Why? Because there was a people that needed the benefit of repentance. There was a whole nation that needed the benefit of a relationship with their creator. And Jonah was holding back from that service. He was holding back. He wasn't sharing in the heart of God. So God had to manah a fish, a plant, a worm, and a wind in order to get him to begin to move to make a difference in people's lives. Well, this is basically telling me, don't wait for God. Manah all by yourself. But not all by yourself. You know, teach us to number our days. We ought to appoint our days. We ought to prepare our days. Why? Because there is a world that needs the message of Christ. There's kids in this house that need to see life. There's people coming in here sad, down, distressed, struggling. They need somebody who is coming to this place with saying, that's my day, that's Sunday. I'm appointing my Sunday. I'm looking for somebody to encourage in the house of the Lord. 
I'm coming into this place looking to somebody to greet. Not because I need to be a hostess at the door, but I'm looking because I know there's somebody coming in here that wanted to blow their brains out last night. And just one word, one word maybe, is enough to comfort their hearts for another moment. Maybe just enough to get them to the worship and experience where the Spirit of God begins to move upon. Maybe just enough to get them to hear the, the, the really, really long sermon Pastor Ross is going to preach. Just enough for the Holy Spirit to anoint and touch them and to give them another hope for another day. Amen? See, guys, it's family. It's looking for those, those moments of responsibility. And here it's telling us that we're to number our days. That's the first part of that verse. The second says that we may get a heart of wisdom, that we may get a heart of wisdom. And I love this. I heard my pastor say this scripture so often. Every time somebody was baptized, he would say this. He would say, the one who wins souls is wise. The one who wins souls is wise. And this is the scripture, Proverbs eleven thirty. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Another translation says, the one who is wise saves lives. I like that translation because it rhymes. Was that awesome? So to me, when I look at this, numbering my days, being purposeful with my days, set me up to have a heart of wisdom. And what do hearts of wisdom do? Hearts of wisdom win souls. Hearts of wisdom makes differences in people's lives. Hearts that are full of wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord, they do something about their day, and they don't allow their day just to run over them. Amen? Or their weekend to run over them. They look for opportunities to do that, that wise work of making a difference in people's lives. So I want to say, don't go through life passively just seeing what the day brings. We need to mana our day. We shouldn't let our days determine our lives. Never let your day or your week or your weekend determine your life. Let your life determine your days. Amen? I, I want to say it this way. Choose to prepare your week in such a way that being a blessing isn't optional. Can I say that one more time? Choose to prepare your week in such a way that being a blessing isn't optional. And here's why. As it goes down further into that Psalms 90 passage, it says in verse 17, Let the favor of the Lord God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. In other words, the work of the wise makes a difference in lives. There it is, had to say it. The work of the wise makes a difference in lives. The work of the one who manas their day and manas their week, appoints it, makes a difference in people's lives. And I don't know about you all, I want to make a difference in my family's life, right here, you know. There's homes where people make a difference in everybody else's life outside the home, and they neglect their home. I don't want to be, carry that kind of spirit into the church. This is our family. God help me to manah my days, to make a difference right here amongst this house, amongst this family in the name of Jesus. And so it says this, we must number our days if we're going to have that wisdom. And I want to be that kind of people that does that. And so with that, what happens is that life starts to be shared. There's a generosity that comes when you start to number your day. You can't help but be generous when you're saying that this week will not end without me being a blessing to somebody's life. You just can't help. Generosity comes. And a generous life is a shared life. Everybody say that. A generous life is a shared life. And again, listen, we love generosity to us. We love that. We do. But God wants his generosity to go through us as well. You know, we want to be the church that we want the church to be when we need the church. We want to be the family that we want the family to be when we need the family. Amen? And so in Acts 4, and I'm going to 
bring this to a close. It says, now the full number, oh, I'm doing good. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart. This is talking about early church. Now, here's what's so beautiful. Acts 2, the church is starting to form. It's starting to grow. It's starting to develop. And by Acts 4, man, the church is just killing it. Lives are being changed. And it says the full number of those who believe were of one heart and soul. That sounds like sharing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like they're, they're together. They're holding things in, in, in unity. And no one said that any of these things that belonged to him was his own. Well, it's my time. It's my time finances it's my it's my no no but they had everything in common there were shared lives isn't that powerful and here we have a, a, a core value it's our sixth core value it's called inspirational generosity and it's just the idea that we want the character that's within Christ to be reflected in us in generosity in every way I'm not talking about just finance. I'm just, just being generous people. This was generous people could have just sat but they generously came up and got me supper they generously came up and got stuff done, you know. And so then it goes on, it says, And with great power the apostles were given their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all, and there was not a needy person among them. Isn't that good? Let me say it this way. A life shared through generosity will never be lived on empty. They're sharing and they're receiving. There wasn't one amongst them that had need. A life shared through generosity will never be lived on empty. For as many as were owners of lands or houses, they sold them. They brought the proceeds of what was sold, and they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each one as any had need. Well, now, pastor, that's going a little far. <clears throat> I get it. All I'm saying is it sounds like a family. It sounds like people watching out for each other. It sounds like people not waiting for, for their, their, their priest or anything like that to get the job done, but they're realizing it's all about us working together to make a difference. And I want to give you, as we close, just three areas where I believe we should share in as family. And so the first one, I want you to open up your phones. Pull your phones out, everybody. Somebody toss me my phone. Alan, toss me my phone. It's got a good case. Oh, thank you. It does. So open up your phone. And, um, and last week I told you this was an app. I, I don't know anything. Okay, it's a website, but pull up on your phone, www.momentumchurch.tv, www.momentumchurch. Thank you. See, I know nothing. <laughs> Me and Marvin both. <laughs> what was going on? My Momentum, www.mymomentumchurch.tv. And we share with each other through the generosity of ministry. That's the first thing. Well, well, what's that called? That's called serving. That's a call to serve as we share in the generosity of ministry. It's a call to serve, and I want to challenge you to push, go to that website, mymomentumchurch.tv, and go to the volunteer button, and all you have to do is put name, email, phone number, and area of interest. Pastor, why are you doing this? Because we're going to mana our day. We're going to mana our week. We're going to say, you know what, I am going to make a difference in this family. I'm going to figure out a place, and I'm going to serve. I'm going to do something to make a difference in people's lives. Can you look at this room? This is the last Sunday of, of the summer. This room's almost full. Man, that's, man, I'm so proud of you guys. Next week, you watch out what God's going to do. And every one of those people coming, they need your life to sow into them. Amen? But, 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 but when it comes down to it, you know, you might say, volunteer, there's all these different areas of interest. Just pick one or two, you know. If you already serve, you can already just poke one if you already serve. But, but if, you, if you don't serve, poke, put, put one in there. Last week, we had people that serve. Go ahead and click. You can go ahead and click if you already serve somewhere. But if you haven't served anywhere yet, don't feel bad. Don't feel condemned. Just, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check off these. We're going to contact you, and we want you to come to the volunteer kickoff. Even if you haven't served yet, let us know. We're going to get you involved. Amen?
so we can take care. We need to be organized. We also need to be organic. All right? Let me check something real quick. And you may say to me, you may say, but Pastor Ross, when it comes down to it, um, the idea of potatoes, you know, listen, Ross, I, I don't really feel called to any of those ministries. Guess what? I never said to mom, I don't really feel called to peel a potato, mom. Mom, I'm not really specifically gifted to peel potatoes. I'm just not gifted. It's just not, or how about this? Mom, I don't have a passion. There's just not a passion that burns deep in my heart to peel potatoes right? Guys, I, God's going to lead you to your passion. Sometimes it's a little bit of a, of, a, of a trail. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't start somewhere, you'll never find it, you know? All I'm saying is start somewhere. Go, hey, this is family. We all have responsibility. I'm going to start peeling potatoes. We're all called to serve. Number two, we share with each other through the generosity of finances, through giving, you know? That's called, we have a call to give. So we have a call to serve. We have a call to give. The Word of God tells us in the New Testament uh, that we're to give generously. And the Word of God says that we're to give, not sparingly, but with a cheerful heart, and to give generously. And so I want to challenge you if, you, if you give here faithfully, praise the Lord. If that's something that you haven't started, then just start somewhere. Do it cheerfully. You know, I'm going to start doing $5 a week, $10 a week, $20 a week, $500 a week. Just kidding. <laughs> we wouldn't be upset. But just somewhere. Just start. Give it to the Lord. I'm family. You know, and like I said, Grant, man, he runs down and gets stuff. I love that. It's so neat, you know. Just family, taking care of family. Do that. Do that, you know. I would say it even this way. Just, if you have never started giving, give and commit to giving consistently for the next 90 days. And just watch what happens in your life. That's all. Just watch disciples or discipline rise up in your life. Just watch. How much should I give? I'm not telling you. Just give. Amen cheerful heart and generously and you just watch over the next 90 days if God doesn't do some things in your heart because you're sowing into his kingdom the final thing that I want us to do is we should share with each other through the generosity of time and understanding okay sharing in our time and understanding what does that mean a call to connect I, I, I feel we should be connected so what's that too golly I didn't get shocked, I got scared, <laughs> okay. Because if I got shocked, I would just stood there like nothing. You know? I just, I just kind of got scared. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was, but if I was you, I'd sign up for everything. <laughs> just, just telling you. <laughs> oh, my. So here's the thing about this. When you start to serve, what's neat, this kind of happens twofold. You start to serve, and guess what? You become a part of a ministry team at Momentum. And that becomes a closer-knit family, you know. That, that kind of serves two purposes. You start to have a connection. Or how about you start a journey group or you're in a journey group. There's connection there. Well, I have nothing to offer. I bet you do. You don't even realize what you have to offer. And as you pour things out, man, God just uses you. And vice versa in each other's lives, you know. There, there's a journey group connect coming up in a few weeks. Man, get involved in small groups. Be a part of your family is all I'm saying, you know. Another area that we can connect with is through evangelism making a difference in people's lives, through spreading the word, spreading the good news. And I'm going to have some friends come and bring us some tables. This is going to be our altar call, and we're going to close. We want to be purposeful in making a difference in people's lives. And, um, and so we want to go out of our way to invite people to come next Sunday. 
Because that's a way to connect. That's, that's, that's a, a, I'm going to manah my day. I'm going to invite a friend to come with me because God has something for that friend. And, I'm, and it's something I was looking for in my notes earlier. I couldn't find it. And I, I just was trying to remember where I placed it. And it's in there. But I, I've skipped it. But I don't want to skip it. Okay? I, wanna, I want you to understand something when it comes to your home. Think about when you have somebody at the house. You know, um, even if you're a shy person, if somebody's at your house and they're your guest, you watch out for them, don't you? If they're over there and not, they're not eating, do you want me to get you something? Are you thirsty? Do you want anything? You know, maybe you have a little party and you got somebody that's a house guest and they just look like they're lonely. And so you go over to somebody, hey, go over and talk to them. You know, you're, you're watching out. That's what I'm talking about, being a family here. When we're on campus, with our eyes open, looking to serve each other, looking to watch out for each other. There might be somebody that comes in going, but I'm not a part of the guest service team. You know, I'm not officially... It's okay. Hey, are you looking for something? Yeah, yeah, I was wondering where the bathrooms are. Oh, they're right there. Let me show you. Come on, let's go. You know, don't go following them into the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my word. This is where we stretch time. I'm sorry. I just got to tell you, I remember one time I did a wedding at the Memorial Gardens in Columbus where the memorial, the golf course that thing is, you know. And um, I go into my first time ever in like a clubhouse or someplace real fancy, and I'm washing my hands. And next thing I know, a guy is going... I'm, I'm on my back and I'm like dude I don't get touched in bathrooms what are you doing and he's like oh this is my job <laughs> I mean I said it politely but I'm like oh man I don't I don't I don't know what you're doing and he was I'm sorry I've never been around an environment that's customer service at another level <laughs> we don't believe in customer service we believe in family and we're not following each other into the bathroom but everything apart from that, up to that point, whatever it is, you know. If you got to holler in, do you need something? Are you okay in there? Whatever you got to do. I'm just saying, we watch out for each other. Amen. <laughs> oh, hitting under the stall. No, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so this is our altar call this week. I want us all to stand to our feet. And here's what we're going to do. Pastor Corey's going to sing. We can worship along with him as he's leading us in this song. And I want every one of you, everyone, to come up and grab at least a few of these cards, okay? It may be the area that you really, man, this is the one, man. God healed me of depression. And so you come up and grab that. I found hope for my depression card. You may grab a few of those, okay? But at least one, you're going to give it to a friend. Man, Jesus, help me in my life with my depression. And, 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 and God just stirs my heart every week at Momentum Church. And I want to invite you to our friend Sunday next week, all right? And so we're going to worship with the Lord. And this is like communion. This is as holy as communion to me. It really is. It really is. And so as we worship, just come forward, take a card, go back to your seat, and we'll close in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. All right, so let's worship. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.